0: we <laughs> Tuesday edition of the Chris Reby Show on scoops with It's Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, as we talk a little baseball in just a moment with Rick Horton. Looking forward to the Cardinals continuing spring action. If you want to get in on the action, then shoot me a tweet. We can take your Cardinals mailbag questions. If you tweet me at C-H-R-A-B-E, chrabe. at the end of every week, we'll spend some time answering your Cardinal questions. We'll sprinkle them in to our guests throughout the weeks, and we will have those for you at the end of every week on our Friday shows. So shoot me a question, any Cardinals question, on Twitter at C-H-R-A-B-E. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Scoops with Danny Mac podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, Scoops with Danny Mac, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe, leave a review, send me a screenshot on Twitter, C-H-R-A-B-E, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win some scoops with Danny Mac Swag. And you can check out everything that's going on 24-7 at scoopswithdannymac.com. Right, let's head to Florida and say hello to Rick Horton as we talk a little bit of Cardinals baseball. Grapefruit League underway. Rick, what's going on, man? I think that um, for what a strange, odd year it's it's been, um, there's more comfort maybe And ever than seeing grapefruit league baseball and seeing uh, some of the things that maybe sometimes as fans we in the past would grumble about
1: that uh, accompany the first couple of games of the spring. Exactly right. You know, it's funny, um, you know, we all know it's not exactly the same yet. And everybody's been very patient about what's uh, or we at least have all tried to be over the last. 12 to 15 months about everything that's gone on in in our country and in the world. But uh, boy, we are uh, seemingly on a good road here. And it feels that way anyway uh, in Jupiter, you know, having 1200 people at the ballpark uh, for the first game on Sunday and just being able to, you know, I made the comment that, boy, those, uh, those cutouts seem to be moving and talking. This is kind of a weird, (laughs) weird moment, but, but, but you're right. You just love seeing people. I'm, you know, it's just a, kind of a, a feel-good moment. I know Cardinal fans are jacked up for a lot of reasons, uh, but I just think there's something about spring that, that you know, it, it always kind of has that connotation of the word hope, In at least in my mind, but I think in a lot of people's mind as well. It seems like the vibe,
0: uh, Rick, around the team, but, but really around baseball is one of – appreciating uh, where baseball is right now, and this isn't to say that there won't be obstacles, that there won't be challenges, but, you know, at least have the infrastructure where it is and, and to be moving forward towards the start of a season again, hopefully knock on wood seems to be, uh, you know,
1: a good sign. Yeah, we, we've all learned. Uh, in fact, I've learned much more specifically the difference between something being canceled and something being postponed. And we all yeah. understand that a lot of things last year were postponed. Didn't mean that they, you know we weren't going to have our moment with them. You know, hopefully, but uh, you know, you still have to set a schedule. You have to get people, you know, to the ballpark. You have to get players there. You have to get buses there. You have to get you know them taken care. Of. I mean, all those things kind of have to be in place. You can't just kind of decide at the last minute to have a big league baseball game. So, you know, at this point, I think you just move forward with the schedule. Which includes, you know, 162 games. That's going to be different raves for sure uh, to go back to 162 for a lot of reasons. Uh, But you know, you understand that postponements could happen, but you're hoping against it. Yeah. How about some of the moving pieces and and what
0: Mike Shilton and his staff and all the staffs around baseball have to juggle because not only are you easing guys into a spring as you normally would, Rick, and there is all of the a uh, perhaps chess match that that comes with that, but you're doing it after a very bizarre season. And for the Cardinals, a season that was even more bizarre because it was truncated and uh, kind of crammed yep. into even less calendar space than everyone else had, plus a couple of playoff games. How do you think that'll play out here over the next well, month or so?
1: Well, well, I think what managers all have to do, and we'll, we're obviously talking about Mike Schilt in this specific case, but we, you're, you're balancing the, the ideas of, of, of managing, handling, and doing all the protocol things right number one, but you you have at times competing interests with what's the best baseball thing to be doing. I mean, you may want guys to throw more often. You may guys, you want guys to be together to talk more often, but you you probably can't get all of what you want from a manager's point of view in terms of developing players. And uh, so they're they're doing everything they can for the the first game, you know, it's really almost like a chess match The the way they handled the extra players that were going to go into the game, uh, could be in the dugout, but the third-line players had to be in the clubhouse. And then when the starters came out, they could go in, and then the other people could come to the bench. And they were doing all kinds of things with catchers and relievers just to make sure that they were adhering to protocol things and even beyond that. But, you know, you, you still, you know, you don't want to miss the baseball part either. And, and getting, getting a pitcher ready uh, is is a bit of a complicated issue this year because nobody threw a lot of innings last year. So it'll, it'll just be... Uh, I guess you just have to kind of figure it out as you go along. Yeah, it's already,
0: Rick, um, pretty incredible to be at spring training and see, you know, all of the different schedules and where everybody's going. And it's down to literally the second. But give folks an idea who who haven't or aren't going to see this spring, what it's like now with all of the additional infrastructure challenges, kind of the uh, the wheel as, as it turns every day and, and just the amount of people and planning and preparation that it takes to pull this off, not just games, but to pull off the work that they're getting in each and every day. So,
1: so being at the ballpark, you know, just getting there, there's a lot of protocol things that I go through to get in there. I'm not part of the tier one. I see, I can't go into the clubhouse. I won't go down on the field. Like I really, if I'm going to see a player, it's going to be much like it was last year. It's going to be over a zoom call and that's kind of what it is. And we all get that and accept that. I still, Like, though, the fact that I'm actually at the ballpark and feeling the game and seeing little nuanced things about, you know, Jack Flaherty's pitching and his mechanics and, you know, how somebody looks at the plate, how Nolan Gorman looked at the plate in the, in the first game this spring. There's just little things that, that you can pick up from a fan's point of view, just picture it as a spring training game with not as many people there. I and mean, it's, it's not a, a highly attended spring training game, not quite as much energy, but boy is it nice to be out in the sun and see the palm trees and see the players play uh, the access to players clearly is not there. You can't go down and get an autograph from a player. Uh, they'll wave to you, and that's that's kind of about it. But I think we all understand that's that's part of the deal right now. But but I will say Florida has much more of an open feel in general than uh, certainly than uh, St. Louis did, and and certainly other parts of the country. Uh, and you know that's just kind of how they've uh, landed. So uh, it is. It, it does kind of again give you some hope that that maybe we're uh, turning things around. Few more minutes talking
0: Cardinals baseball with Rick Horton as uh, the Cardinals are off and running spring training in Jupiter. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the big week or so that the Cardinals had to really close out the offseason. Rick, as they announced mm, bringing back yeah. Adam Wainwright, the acquisition of Nolan Arenado, and then Yadier Molina returning. The Cardinals, at, at least in my vantage point, Rick, seem to be one of the kind of handful of teams, especially concentrated in the National League who decided to kind of keep the pedal to the floor. What's the yeah. vibe like around the team in terms of the club's aggressiveness this offseason?
1: Well, the, the offseason started with with several teams not only putting their pedal to the floor, but they were, I mean, they were in the Indy 500. I mean, you had the, the Padres and and uh, the, the Blue Jays to a degree, the Mets certainly, I mean, they were going crazy and really nobody else was moving. And I think the way the Cardinals did it at the last minute, because you did kind of get that feeling man, they're teams that have gotten better and nothing's happened yet, but boy, that, that yet uh, sure changed uh, with that one week and and that you mentioned and all those, uh, all those signings were just terrific. Yadier Molina, everybody loves Tim Bueno, the same deal, but Arenado is just a difference maker as far as people thinking uh, that that's going to totally change kind of the the trajectory of 2021 and, and put the Cardinals really in the driver's seat. I think, I mean, I, I don't, know that there's a team in the central division that's done more than the Cardinals for sure to make their team better. You still got to get it done, but there's all kinds of reasons for optimism uh, in St. Louis at this point. What's going through your
0: mind as a, as a pitcher when you've got a player like that uh, of that defensive caliber behind you, Rick?
1: Oh man, it is. Well, you know, I was, I was blessed during my time as a Cardinal to have, just outstanding fielders behind me started with Ken Oberkfell at third and then went on to Terry Pendleton both of them terrific and that guy that short was pretty good too Mr. (laughs) Smith uh, maybe the best ever and and I'll tell you once I started getting traded around and you know it happens (laughs) you get you kind of move on and you go other places and not to kind of pick on the other guys but they they weren't those guys and and you know my ERA went up uh, but it you know I I think maybe I should be giving more credit for the ERA I had in St. Louis to the guys that were behind me it's just it's such a you know, it's such a feeling of comfort to know that you don't have to, you know, just, I mean, if, if, if pitching to contact, which is not exactly the way I describe it, I, I always say pitching to soft contact, but pitching to soft contact uh, is is an okay thing when you've got guys that can catch it uh, almost 100% of the time behind you. And I'm, I'm again, grateful that I had those guys, Tommy Her, and, and of course, the, 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 the great outfielders that we had as well. You know, I'm
0: excited to see, Rick, too, how the Cardinals uh, now are able to play out the string of a game. And and what I mean by that is with the improvements and, you know, with Arenado and and the improved lineup, the improved defense, the strength of the starting pitching. If they now are in more positions to play from ahead later in a ballgame, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, how does that change the utilization of an already very, very strong bullpen with a lot of guys that can do
1: a lot of different things? I think you got a great point there. I mean, if you can get, if you can score first and and score enough uh, and then you turn it over to the bullpen, you've got a great recipe. And and I think the Cardinals pitching and pitching and defense of course go together, Uh, but you know, you still got to score those runs. And I think you have a much better chance to do that this year than, than we had last year with Arenado in the middle of that lineup. You know, the the other thing I'm thinking about Rave specifically about that kind of, how do you get those runs? And so you get them to the bullpen. I I'm, I'm hoping for, and you know, I, I don't think it's just hope. I mean, I think there's some reasons to think this, that there are guys in the Cardinals lineup who will be better because Aronado's there. Not that he's going to, you know, help them with their hitting, but but I think he's the man. He is absolutely the man. So Tyler O'Neill doesn't have to be the man. And Dylan Carlson doesn't have to be the savior of the Cardinal offense, which I think he almost felt that way a bit uh, his rookie season. Just let them play. And I, I think you might see more out of guys like uh, Carlson and – uh, O'Neill, especially, I think those two guys, uh, with having an Arenado in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. Even like a Paul
0: Goldschmidt, uh, where a yeah. couple of years ago, you know, Rick, it was, um, you know, Goldschmidt who, who at times would seemingly carry the offense, but was doing it without guys on base or Paul, DeYoung, young, when he'd get hot, would be doing it without guys on base. It's gotta be maybe a trickle up effect
1: where all the guys at the top yeah. of the order reap the benefits. No, no question. I mean, again, not, not, not about me, but I can tell you specifically feeling it that when, when I was having my best years with the Cardinals, you know, I clearly wasn't the man, but I was helpful. And and I, I did a job that mattered, but you know, we had guys that, you know, we had Bruce Suter in the bullpen and we had guys like Andrew Hart in the rotation. And, you know, I wasn't the man, but I helped them. And so when I went over to the white Sox, I was the opening day starter. I was the man and guess what? That's a different feeling. It really is. Now all of a sudden you're thinking, man, I better be, I better be better than I really am. I better get to a next level. And and sometimes things fall uh, fall apart when you do that. And same thing happens with the, a lineup. Jack Clark was the man for us. And everybody else could just kind of settle in and do what you do. And, and I think that's what winning teams do. And you, you've got to have that marquee star player uh, and then a lot of good moving parts behind it. Rick, speaking of parts, before
0: we wrap up, let me ask you about the bullpen. I think it's yeah. really intriguing the number of guys that are back there, but also – all of the different looks that that the Cardinals will be able to throw at teams, whether it's Andrew Miller, potentially an Alex Reyes, John Gant, um, uh, Gallegos, uh, Tyler Webb, Jordan Hicks. I mean, there are so many quality arms, but there are so many quality arms that look so different. The looks that yes. you're able to
1: present to yes. teams,
0: even with the batter minimums, is pretty astonishing.
1: You got the wipeout slider from Gallegos. You've got the you got the the big time fastball from guys like uh, Cabrera uh, and Hicks uh, and and, Reyes. and, you know, Cabrera's got, you know, got some off-speed pitches for you, too. A, good, a nice curveball. And, of course, John Gant, who uh, I've been kind of on the stump for him. I think he's the most underrated Cardinal. I think he's so valuable to this team. Uh, but his changeup, the way he works, and he throws hard, too. But he can get you out and, and swing and misses uh, differently. And and I, I agree with you 100%. You, get, you have to have a, a different kind of look. And, and, you know, you have everybody coming in throwing 98 would be great. Uh, but, you know, if it all looks the same, hitters get that figured out at some point. And, and having that kind of variety in the bullpen, I think, is, is helpful. You also have veterans out there. You mentioned Andrew Miller, Tyler Webb. Those guys have been around a little bit. And uh, I think having some veteran leadership in that bullpen is also good. Hey, if I
0: told you you could take one pitch from any of those guys and put it in your arsenal, not that you would need to add
1: to your arsenal, but uh, what would you be taking? Oh, man, i take Jordan Hicks's fastball in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, that'd I, be fun, I, wouldn't I, you it? Know, I, but, but, you know, Reyes and Cabrera are not bad either. But, man, give give me, I mean, I figure, I'll i figure out the change up in the off speed pitch at some point. But, man, give me the 98. And <laughs> I, I would be like a, a kid on Christmas. Trust me. Rick Horton, we
0: appreciate it, man. I know it's like Christmas for a lot of Cardinal fans and a lot of baseball fans right now. We'll continue uh, watching and listening and appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy talking
1: some baseball. Yeah, you bet, Rabes. Always good to be with you, my friend.